Well, hello everyone. It is episode nine of I'm Not Complaining. I'm just asking. This is Heather. This is Kara. Welcome back. And right off the bat, I got to tell you, I feel like Magatu in Zoolander because I am a hot little potato right now. (laughs) It is hot. Today is the total opposite of the Ranche Carne Toros cheer, the cheer stolen from the East Compton Clovers. Burr, it's cold in here. There must be some, it's atmosphere. Total opposite, it is hot today. The today, the sun is so intense. To quote Valerie Ganelli, the lovely and talented actress in her film role in Escape from LA, when she says to Snake Plissken, Oh man, the UV's gonna be bad today. It's hot. It's getting hot in here. <laughs> Somebody get me a tiny band-aid for my face. Benelli. Yes. Oh my gosh. Did that do you think that wound ever healed? I mean it was I was concerned with how long he was wearing the band-aid on his face. I mean at some point, you gotta go to the doctor and maybe get some Moderna. Well, you would think that the, because it was so hot, that the adhesive from said Band-Aid would eventually disintegrate. I mean, what a merchandising missed opportunity. Nelly should have created his own line of bandages. Maybe he did. Maybe he did, and we just <laughs> didn't know. It's possible. I The Band-Aid game, I, we have... So many different types. We have Band-Aid brand. We have Disney brand, Marvel. Holograms. uh, Hologram, uh, which, as you would assume, the the fancier the (laughs) Band-Aid, the least likely it is to actually stick to your skin and stay on. Fancy meaning the look of it, the design. I can't go wrong with the actual Band-Aid brand Band-Aid, which, by the way... Band-Aid brand now has come out with a whole variety of flesh-colored, flesh-toned Band-Aids, mm-hmm. which I think is great because I'm a big fan of Band-Aids, especially for, for shoes that pinch your toes. Oh, yes. Preemptive action. But yes. anyway, I don't know how we got on band- <laughs> Band-Aid brands. Well, we're stuck on Band-Aid brands because Band-Aid's stuck on me. Which, by the way, that was one of the very first big roles that actor John Travolta landed was being in a national Band-Aid ad campaign singing that motto. I didn't know that. It's true. We've had a lot of activity today. Um, On our street, we had to move our cars, um, not for street sweeping, but tree trimming. Our street is lined with palm trees. And from time to time, the city comes and trims the palm trees and the reason why the city comes and does it is because the palm trees i would say are over 50 feet tall very tall and there's many different types of varieties of palm trees there's tall palm trees there's short squatty ones so the ones we have are very tall and very skinny but A lot of animals do like to live there and build their nests in them. For those of you who have been listening 
to our podcast, either from the beginning or have listened to at least one podcast before, you may have noticed that in the background we have a lot of birds uh, chirping and talking to us. Um, and so we're sitting outside most of the time in our backyard where the birds are frequenting. And some of the birds actually nest in the palm trees out in front of our house, particularly the crows. <laughs> We've been noticing that they have been building nests in the palm trees, which great. And then I've also noticed that from time to time, finches will, they will nest in the uh, looser, more dry bark of the tree. Cause you know, I would assume there's tiny little um, cavities that they could very easily shelter in. Sure. What we did not know and what the tree trimmer informed us of, as of yesterday, that a couple blocks away, where they were doing, you know, progressing down the line, uh, they were trimming the palm tree 30 feet in the air, and they found a snake. Snickety snake. <laughs> snake in the tree. Palm tree. We don't have snakes here on the coast apparently we do i don't think it was like a wild snake i feel like it might have been a snake that escaped <laughs> from somewhere did it escape from a plane did it escape from a city <laughs> just i i we i was just like wait a minute what he goes oh yeah I assume it was alive. He was totally fine with it. Like, it was totally normal to find... He goes, you you can find all sorts of animals living in palm trees. I, I was shocked. <laughs> so, when they were doing the tree trimming, um, as you would expect, that created a lot of debris in the air. Um, <clears throat> so, we weren't able to do our walk um, outside in the backyard, which was kind of okay because it was so hot um, outside. So we decided to take the opportunity. Uh, <clears throat> we were recently able to get onions in our grocery order, which sometimes it's hit and miss. Sometimes they have onions, sometimes they don't. So we ended up getting like eight white onions, which is too many onions. They're going to go bad. And we're not talking like tiny onions. We're talking about onions that are like the, bigger than your fist. Like a baseball size? Oh, bigger than baseball. Softball? Yeah. Softball size onions. So we're like, well, we got, they're going to go bad. We can't use this many onions. So we, I looked it up online and it says you can chop up the onion and put them in the Ziploc freezer bags and freeze them and then you know use them when you need them i was like great so grab the bags grab the cutting board grab the onions and i figured per bag we'll do half of the onion because you never really use an entire onion in a recipe but you pretty if you're using it you use half so while kara was moving her car i was like okay i'll get started on these onions so I grab the knife and i slice the onion in half <clears throat> remove the outer skin and start cutting it into ribbons. It's not going to be a surprise that, oh, you cry when you chop onions. You guys, this 
was insanity. I don't know if the onion was particularly juicy and when I sliced that it sprayed onion juice into the air and the particles went into my eyes or what happened. My eyes were on fire. It was an onion burn that I had not yet experienced in my life. And I was blinded. I was going, having flashbacks in my head of seeing like when you're at school in the science lab, there is an eye wash sink that has little sprinklers specifically for you to shove your eyeballs in if you get a chemical in your face. And I was like, I don't have that. So I tried to stumble into the bathroom and I was like, you know, I really don't want to put wa unfiltered water directly into my eyeballs. But then I had gone too far away from the filtered water. And so then I found a Kleenex and I just started like trying to wipe my eyes. And it was so painful. And then Kara came in and she goes, what is going on? And so I tell her and she's like, oh, please. And so she grabs the onion new onion. She's like, I, it doesn't bother me. I'm fine. And what happened? Well, I got through one onion perfectly fine. I chopped up one onion, bagged it up, went to the next onion in the pile. And as soon as I removed the outer layer, cut in half and started my, t my chopping technique, instantly burning and then full-fledged crying just like ugly crying and couldn't see a damn thing and and uh as accident prone as i have been as of late uh i didn't want to put a blade into my hand so i put the knife down and i i instantly walk into the other room and i'm like ah <laughs> like an inside the actor's studio take how hard can you cry? Oh my gosh. Uh, so I feel I felt as though maybe the different onions have different potencies because the first onion was fine. Yeah. Second onion, full-fledged crying. And I feel that the white onion is way more potent than a yellow onion. Because when, back when we used to normal grocery shop, I always got yellow onion never feel like I had that problem different onions different flavors I'm sure yes because why else will there be different uh, ones right what would be the point onions bell peppers potatoes things that you need to take the time to chop up which takes forever unless you are a trained prep cook uh, chef uh, I know a couple people who uh, can make quick work of chopping things up. I cannot because, like I said before, I am very accident prone. And I'll be the person that will probably end up chopping off your finger. And yes, I know you're supposed to curl your fingers underneath and use your knuckles. Well, guess what? I will, I will slice up my knuckles. Um, that's why we bought one of the little the ninja choppers. Oh, the Ninja Express. I love that thing. I use it every day, if not multiple times a day. It's so great. Mm -hmm. I love it. Nothing you can't you can't out chop the ninja. Cause the blades are tapered mm -hmm. at different levels. So the food gets chopped up and rotated 
get to the chopper. Get to the get to the chopper. So, as we mentioned at the beginning of this podcast, it's summertime. The temperature is rising. It's beginning to be hot. So there are quite a few items I think or dishes that we make in the summertime that we don't make at any other time of the year. Some of those dishes, which are my personal favorites, are pasta salad and potato salad. I prefer the pasta salad over the potato salad. Why? I'm not the biggest fan of mayonnaise. Even though mayonnaise is just what, oil and egg? Yes. Yeah, that's all it is. But somehow... Blended into a paste? Yeah. And I mean, I'll use mayonnaise as an ingredient in things, but I'm not a big fan of actually putting it on a sandwich or a burger. I would make a terrible Canadian because their love of mayonnaise knows no bounds. They will put a dollop of mayonnaise on the side and dip their french fries in it or as they call it i believe poutine isn't that also with gravy Ah, cheese and gravy that's entirely possible apologies to canadians i would say i am a big fan of dunking and dipping and scooping my french fries into many different avenues mayonnaise is probably not one of them no i'm a big fan of dipping salty french fries into chocolate shakes Especially at Wendy's. Yeah, well, that's the only place you do it. When it where else are you going to do it other than Wendy's? Um, there's two local burger joints mm-hmm. in our neighborhood that make delicious, fresh, like, chocolate malts. Mm. And they have really thick, like, potato steak fries. So you can just shove them in there and use it, like, as a spoon. That's my favorite type of french fry is the steak cut. I like it when it's soft on the inside and just lightly crunchy on the outside. I don't like a very thin, stiff, crisp, skinny fry. That's not my favorite. I don't like it. I guess. I'm a big fan of waffle fries. Again, you can use it as a scoop. That's true. It's a lot of surface area. Yes. You use those usually for like chili, like chili cheese fries. Mm-hmm. You can use, you could eat it with a fork and a knife. Oh. There used to be a place in Pacific Beach that no longer exists, and they made something called Irish nachos. Mm. And it was very, very thinly sliced medallioned potatoes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they were deep fried and they were put in a pile. Almost like a, a county fair style. Mm. And then it was covered in sour cream, bacon, cheese, and chives. No mayonnaise? No mayonnaise. Okay. But you would eat them with a fork and knife. <laughs> and that's what you would eat on Friday afternoons on the patio, watching all of the sunburned people walk by. <laughs> it was great. So Irish nachos. Wow. Yeah. So, Heather's not a fan of mayonnaise. Uh, so I mean, I'll we... use it. I use it, but I'm not going to dig my spoon in and take a bite. So, we have a very specific type of pasta salad that we make now that we've made for maybe a couple years. Mm-hmm. 
and it, we make in large bas- batches and we keep it in a giant Tupperware on the bottom shelf of the fridge. <laughs> we use a tri-colored pasta. It's a tri-color pasta salad. Mm-hmm. People use different noodle shapes. Some people use the bow tie. We Some use the rotini. We use the rotini. The curly one. The curly one, yeah. And it's the tri-colored, which I think gives it an extra flavor. Mm-hmm. Well, the tri-colored, it's, you know, the normal plain pasta. It's a, a green pasta, which is spinach, and a red pasta, which is tomato. Yes. According to the package. According to the package. We are non-specific. We don't have to get artisanal, freshly made pasta any tricolor pasta yeah we'll do name brand and then cook according to the package i like to add olive oil and salt to the water when i boil the pasta i am in charge of the pasta (laughs) uh heather says that i am the best pasta maker boiler house yes i'm not making pasta from scratch sorry guys i don't have i may have a lot of time on my hands but making pasta is it's not for me no not gonna happen and when i say and not boiler maker you you uh uh, (laughs) that's a that's a specific type of drink you uh no you boil the pasta whenever i do it it never turns out right for whatever reason sometimes it catches on fire hey Which is never a good sign. Never a good it's sign. It's done! <laughs> After the pasta's done. I feel like for the pasta salad, you do it slightly under so that... The, under al dente? Yeah, so that pasta can stand up to sitting and soaking in the dressing. And it needs to kind of be a little bit... Uh, more rigid Mm -hmm. so you can use a fork Mm -hmm. it stands up with the toppings Mm -hmm. while the pasta is still hot or warm after you drain the water um we actually use salad dressing to flavor the noodles Mm -hmm. to flavor the pasta and i know some people are probably going "Ah!" but we're very specific on the type of flavoring yeah, that we use. it's usually a basil, olive oil, um, more of a robust, mm-hmm. chunky. Mm-hmm. But you can't add too much at the very beginning. Like you put it on and then you taste it. You can't really trust that that's the flavor because the pasta salad should sit overnight um, for the flavors to intensify. So you, so you don't want to add, keep adding and keep adding right then and there because by the next day it's going to be way too much and then let's talk about what you want to put into your pasta salad i feel as though very small raw onions is a great additive to a pasta salad purple onions or red onions which i don't know why they're called red onions they're purple those are fine I, I don't really like the white and yellow onions raw added in. Then I would say the jarred bell peppers. Jarred bell peppers or jarred sun-dried tomatoes. Yes. Shredded cheese or cubed cheese? Mm. 
cubes if they're very small. Chunks. Yeah, chunks. Chunks, little little bite-sized chunks that yes. are not bigger than the other chunks <laughs> yeah. in the salad. Yes. But I, I prefer a very sharp cheddar <laughs> or a pepper jack is what I would prefer. Not and, together. And one or the other. And sometimes if we're able to get it, um, tofu. Um, we we tried that a couple times, and uh, when I got the tofu, I had never used tofu in my entire life. And I read the directions in India. You have to cook it. It show it said how to cook it in the oven uh, with a marinade to give it a flavor. And uh, it was good. I enjoyed it. It was good. But it's not in your normal everyday pasta salad. I would say mm. if you are bringing a pasta salad to someone else's house for the cookout, I would say leave the tofu out. All right. I mean, if you didn't tell people it was tofu, I feel like they would think it was some sort of cheese. Maybe they thought it was like a feta yeah. or something. Maybe. But I think a cheese would have been less expensive than a tofu. Yes. So, go we with the also, cheese. We also add chickpeas or garbanzo beans. Mm -hmm. Same thing. Uh, open the can, uh, rinse them really, really well, and uh, toss them in there. You could also roast the chickpeas in the oven uh which i have done um you do uh uh mix up some herbs and spices and drizzle them on over it it takes a while i mean i don't have the recipe in front of me um, but if you've got the time i do realize you can buy roasted chickpeas in a bag they do come with they, different flavors. They do. Um, I feel as though they're too crunchy. Well, that's what you want with the roasted chickpea. They're supposed to be crunchy. The non-cooked... And you do not have to cook them to eat them. You can... Right out of the can. Right out of the can and rinse them and eat them. And it's totally safe. The uncooked, the taste is like... Hmm, what would a you bean. say? The consistency is like a bean. You're exactly right. That's why they call them garbanzo beans. Or chickpeas. Or chickpeas. So they're pea-shaped, but they're beans. Mm -hmm. Or are they nuts? Because I know there's some people who are allergic to certain types of nuts mm -hmm. are allergic to chickpeas. Oh. I don't know why. Are they part of the legume family? I, I don't know. It's possible. I'm not a scientist. <laughs> so horticulturist. Double, double check that. And then I, on top of that, we usually add in olives. Black olives, yeah, sliced. Uh, I like to get a jar of artichoke hearts, get it out of the juice, and chop it up a little bit, and add that in there. I really like that. And another classic would be potato salad. Mm -hmm. I don't know what it is about the Food Network and their obsession with white pepper. It's just regular pepper is fine. I don't know anything about white pepper. I really don't. You gotta have uh, some vinegar, solid potatoes. You mm -hmm. can use all different sorts of potatoes, russet potatoes, red potatoes. I feel like they usually use Yukon Golds. But I think depending on what you have in your house, how much time you it have. It doesn't really matter doesn't what matter. potato you use. I prefer a skinned so they, the I believe it's the Yukon Golds are the, they look like the russets, but the skin has a golden yellowish hue to it, and it's very thin, like the red potato, 
So you do not need to skin the red one and you do not need to skin the Yukon Gold. You can cook it with the skin on. The russet, you gotta, you gotta shave that thing. Shave that thing. Baby, baby, shake that thing. Sean Paul here? Is that him? Sean Paul <laughs> was before DJ Khaled with an, another one. Oh, don't get but, me started. But Sean Paul fills every deadbeat and he makes you want to dance and I don't care what you're doing. You you turn you crank that song. Um, oh where's Jake Jillen Hall when you need him? I love that guy so much. Oh, I miss him. I miss him dearly. He's okay. I just miss seeing his face. <laughs> his character in the in the Spider-Man, he's got a big spaceman helmet, he's so got he's a okay. Fish bowl on he's his okay. Mysterio. Oh boy. He never took that costume off. <laughs> and would you, if that was made for you, would you ever take that costume off? No. It's molded to my body. That's right. It's the second skin. Um, now I've been off topic. Skinning the potato. Skinning the potato. Like a second skin. Yeah. Salt and pepper. Again, red onions, some cheese, uh, maybe a little bit of mayonnaise. Well, you have to have mayonnaise to do potato salad. You just have to. That's that's what that's the binding force. Yes. Some people use the ranch dressing, the Hidden Valley Ranch dressing packet, the oh, flavoring packet. Okay. If uh, you want to do more of a sour cream and onion ish flavor mm. some people use real bacon some people use bacon bits oh it wasn't there a product called bacos b-a-c apostrophe huge o tiny s maybe okay uh, so like the dunkaroos Ooh, <laughs> bacon O's. i think that was a dog treat. Bacon, 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 bacon. oh those are bacon treats bacon bit or bacon bit no uh, oh boy, never mind. <laughs> Begging strips. Yes. It's bacon. With a GoPro strapped to the head of a golden retriever. Oh my gosh. Just devouring snacks. The potatoes should be the shining star mm-hmm. of the salad. That's why it's called a potato salad. Mm-hmm. My personal favorite when I go to Hawaii is the mac salad yes mac salad as you can probably guess is short for macaroni salad and i'll tell you what guys i have looked up several recipes for hawaiian mac salad and have tried different ones that claim they are made by hawaiian people like this is what we make you know i live in maui and this is what we make i live in Kauai. this is what we make and all of them have different ingredients. I have tried three different ones and none of them taste like the mac salad that you get when you are in Hawaii. What's the, what's the code, guys? What's the secret? What is it? Because it doesn't matter where you go in Hawaii. It doesn't matter if it's a fast food restaurant. It doesn't matter if it's a luau. And it doesn't matter if it is your friend's 
grandma. Yeah. They all taste the same. And they all, it's a, it's a. I.E. really good. Half of your plate is the mac salad. Yeah. And then tiny portions of everything else. Right. I eat my weight <laughs> in mac salad and pulled pork. And I understand yeah. that the pulled pork is not for everybody or if you're a vegetarian or if you can't eat pork. But you can eat the mac salad. But you can eat the mac salad and it is delicious. It is. I, I really enjoy it. And I venture to say that there's mayonnaise in it. I think it's mostly mayonnaise. Right? Is it a special type of mayonnaise? Right. I don't know. This is my point. How is it all taste the same no matter where you go in Hawaii? And then I go on the internet to get authentic recipe. And there's so many different types. And they're all different ingredients. And none of them taste like it. It's a, it's almost a conspiracy. It's like they don't want you to know. You have to come there and get it. Which, you know, challenge accepted. I'll happily go to Hawaii and while I'm there I'll have some spam misubi and I'll get some some guava chiffon cake guava cake Uh, I'll have an entire cake please I will take the whole thing I will eat it all by myself is it your birthday? no I'm going to the beach (laughs) oh my gosh you guys there's specialty cake places I'm sure all over this country that will say that they can make the guava chiffon Hawaiian cake. Guess what? It's not going to taste like it tastes in Hawaii because they know what they're doing. And it's, uh, I can't even tell you how good it is. You have to experience it for yourself. You have to experience it. Do you think it tastes better or tastes different because you're on the island? It's entirely possible. Because your head space is different. <laughs> I come for the beach. Oh my I gosh. I stay for the guava cake. It's yeah. true though. I mean, just like how we talked earlier in an earlier episode, uh, when we first started about baking, about donuts and bagels and how they taste differently and how they're better mm-hmm. in certain parts of the country mm-hmm. than others because of the water mm-hmm. or the, the atmosphere does it taste better because of where you are actually physically located or on vacation? It might quite possibly be the guava cake tastes better Mm -hmm. because you're in the islands. But I'll say that we've made Spam Misubi here at home and it tastes the same. I think because someone who actually knows what they're doing and when we went to their house... We said, how do you make this? And they said, well, I'll show you. And we bought, we we didn't cut any corners. We bought the exact brand of flavoring that they use. We go, okay, how do we find this? And we have to, I believe, order it on Amazon. They don't sell it in the, the flavor in the store, the seaweed flavor. Mm. At least ours doesn't. But they do in Hawaii. Uh-huh. And maybe in a very specialty. specialty store, but we order it online um, to get the exact flavor. Mm-hmm. So, spam, wonderful spam. Right. And so, some of you might be going like Monty Python flying stuff again. I don't like spam. I, I have to say, you have to treat a canned meat with a certain amount of respect because you can turn spam into just about anything Mm -hmm. just like tofu 
Well, except I, vegans eat tofu, I believe. So no, I'm just saying the flavoring. The the cooking process is really oh. what you make it. Yeah. And when you do the spam uh, for the musubi, so for those of you who don't know what spam musubi is, the ingredients are, of course, spam, teriyaki sauce, nori, which is pressed seaweed flat sheets, and rice, white rice. And the seaweed flavoring. Shaker. Shaker. In, in a shaker can. Comes in a glass, mm-hmm. glass shaker mm-hmm. with a green top with... Japanese writing mm-hmm. and it says seaweed flavoring mm-hmm. that is the translation I don't know what and it really it, says it's like a mixture uh, I believe there's like sesame seeds in inside it's very salty mm-hmm. it's great and that's what you sprinkle on your little mound of, of sticky rice before you put on the spam slice mm-hmm. and then you wrap it together and it is a delight whenever I go to Hawaii it is in the hot deli section and it is wrapped in plastic wrap. I think the best pre made musubi that you can get to go is at Foodland. Mm. Grab and, and go. Grab and go. And I will grab and go too. And I will eat one in the car on the way to the beach and then I will enjoy it at the beach. And I have shared that with my volleyball players. And I would say it's about 50 50. Some of them cannot get enough. Others will try and choke it down, and they will instantly gag. I think it's the seaweed. Maybe. I think it's the seaweed element um, that is the acquired taste. But, you know, it also depends on if you enjoy sushi or not, because sushi is rice and has a seaweed wrapper. So if you don't like sushi, the flavor. Now, personally, I do not eat any sushi that has raw fish in it, which most people, I can hear you now, they go, well, that's what sushi is. Duh. I go, well, I enjoy the only, <laughs> the only uh, sushi that I enjoy is the California roll. And guess what, guys? Surprise, surprise, also in Hawaii, supermarket sushi is incredible because they have very skilled sushi makers at the grocery store because people have a high standard of what sushi should taste like on the island and so if you go to the grocery store at the deli counter where they're they are making the sushi right in front of you each place is a little different because the chefs have their own style most of the time the in the islands, a California roll will be avocado, crab meat, cucumber, sometimes carrot. On the top will be orange fish roe or fish caviar. And oh boy, is it fantastic. It's so good. I am not really a big salad salad person. Mm. And I wasn't a big salad person. Lettuce, different types of lettuce. Uh, Even before the giant eight-month recall on different types of lettuce with E. coli. I I mean, I would say if there's a salad bar, you know, R.I.P. Sioux Plantation, 
you know, where you could put anything and everything under the sun and you could call it a salad. I even saw a commercial yesterday, these quote salad bowls. One is mashed potatoes with gravy covered with fried chicken strips. That's not a salad. The word salad has begun to lose its meaning. It's like just because something is in a bowl doesn't mean it's a salad. Maybe because you can stir it with two spoons, does that qualify as a salad? I don't know. Because a salad used to be lettuce. Like I saw a thing... Uh, a meme a while ago that said hey you can use other types of ingredients in salads it doesn't doesn't just have to be iceberg lettuce and that's true if you don't like lettuce if you don't like iceberg lettuce you can get creative and you can make different things and it will be health and it can be healthy and you can find things that taste good I wanted to make a salad and I did not want to use lettuce. And so I straight up Googled salad without lettuce and so many different ideas popped up. And one of the ones that popped up that I have made is chopped tomatoes, chopped avocados and chopped cucumber. And the dressing is a homemade ranch dressing. It's so good. It's so refreshing. I will say that Heather has caught me tasting the homemade ranch dressing with a spoon that is larger than a regular, you know, tasting spoon. Uh, If I could put a straw in that bowl and drink it, I would. Homemade ranch dressing is on another level. I've discovered that they also sell larger containers of the of the parmesan shaker shaker and the lark and i feel and you get more for your money um you know a bulk discount if you will and what i like to do is i'll measure out one or two tablespoons or teaspoons of the spice and i'll put that in a bowl and then i will add black pepper and i will add garlic powder ground dill oh that's my other thing that i add and it just kicks things it amplifies everything and it adds another layer and then you put in mayonnaise and milk you know what heather with how much you said you're not a fan of mayonnaise i feel as though you are using mayonnaise in a lot of the the recipes that you enjoy i'm a riddle wrapped in an enigma, wrapped in a mystery. Okay. We have been going through a lot of mayonnaise. Yeah. Because I feel so most of the stuff we are cooking uh-huh. uses giant dollops of mayonnaise. And again, there's only one type of mayonnaise that we use. Well, that's best foods. But I found out when I was order, when, when I'm ordering dry goods to be delivered, Best Foods and Hellman's are the exact same company. Oh. It's an East Coast, West Coast type deal. Kind of like it, a Carl's Jr. Hardee's? Yes. So on the West Coast, it's Best Foods. 
on the East Coast, it's Hellman's. And I don't know the history of why that is. But there you go. The amount of mayonnaise that we are going through, uh, we're also using on sandwiches. And the way that I use mayonnaise on my sandwich or mustard on my sandwich is incredibly different from the amount that Heather uses. Kara subscribes to the crust to crust, edge to edge school of sandwich. Yeah. Because why would you put the dressing only on the two-thirds in the center? Is it because you don't eat the whole sandwich? You might as well just cut the crust off at that point if you're not going to go well, the crust, edge to edge. The crust goes to our dog. There's a meme that says having a dog means that you never eat a sandwich alone. Oh. Because <laughs> they know. And they want some of your sandwich. They don't have the thumbs to hold the sandwich. But I think that plays into my point is that you're not ripping off the crust of the sandwich that is flavorless. It should have some flavor on it, which they will enjoy the crust more. <laughs> edge to edge. But I'm not to the point of the commercials that are like when you when they cut the sandwich or when they hold on to the sandwich, it's like oozing. Ugh. Or dripping off and people are like, mmm, they like, no. Lick it. Not, not that much. That's too much. Too too much mayonnaise. But I do like, if I'm making a burger, though, there should be enough that when you cut into it or when you bite into your sandwich, it should drip off onto your plate. That's just enough. Mm. But I'm that's burgers, though. Right. They have started showing commercials, though, for Hidden Valley, where they're trying to get the kids to eat vegetables, and he uses the shaker Hidden Valley uh -huh. flavoring, and the dad ends up eating all the broccoli. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, that's right. Mm -hmm. Darn tootin'. <laughs> sprinkle that on, sprinkle on that flavor. Mm -hmm. I'm a big fan. Shout out to Hidden Valley. But I am confused by the number of different types of ranch dressing and mayonnaise and mustard and ketchup because there's probably eight different types of ranch there's like i am a fan of the southwest chipotle oh yeah that's good um but then there was i remember as a kid there was like pizza ranch yeah and it was actual, it said Pizza Ranch, which is like, okay. Then there's Dill Ranch, there's Greek Ranch. I, yeah, it's too many. Mm -hmm. Stick with the classics, guys. Mm -hmm. Mustard, I would say right now at this moment, there are four different types of mustard in our fridge. That are open. Because you might be going classic yellow, you might go Dijon. Spicy brown. Honey mustard. Honey mustard is for chicken. Honey mustard with the chicken nuggies. <laughs> I love, I could, if it's a good honey mustard, there's a establishment, a restaurant that has a good honey mustard, and I ask for a side of honey mustard, I don't want you, look in my eyes. <laughs> I don't want a tiny 
little ramekin. You need to bring me like the gravy boat <laughs> that I can avenue, which I can pour over the chicken strips, or I could dunk my chicken into a bathtub of honey mustard so it's to coat it like a, a wing. Like to coat fanning. <laughs> <laughs> Honey mustard is going to be on the top list if I if for chicken nuggets yeah. and then ranch dressing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's got to be the good stuff. Yeah, I'm very disappointed if I only get ketchup for my chicken nuggets. What about catsup? Oh, get out of my face! <laughs> the cookout. If I'm making a plate. Mm-hmm. I'm not going for the regular salad. Even if it's like a classic Caesar with really good croutons. Oh, that that's good. I'm not going to go for it. At what about co- what about cob salad? With the egg? Well, just not necessarily at the cookout because it's been sitting in the sun getting sweaty, but it, in general, I think a cob salad's fantastic. With the little diced pieces of ham, yeah, in there, eh. or or turkey, eh. it depends. Eh. Uh, maybe I'll go for if I'm gonna order a salad, it's probably gonna be a wedge. Oh, wedge salad's so good. Iceberg lettuce, but it's presented in a different way with a fork and a knife. You cut it up. I think the fact that there's enough dressing to soak into all the little layers. All the nooks and crannies. Yeah. Again, probably not the healthiest. (laughs) It's got caramelized pecans. Pecans. Or walnuts. Cranberries. Dried cranberries. Olives. Red onions. Tomato. uh, Bacon. Mm -hmm. And then just. A bathtub pouring avocado spigot of dressing. And the best one we've ever had was at the Blue Bayou at Disneyland. Mm-hmm. That salad was probably one of the most expensive salads I've ever eaten, mm-hmm. but it was worth it. Oh, it's so good. It was delicious and it was crisp. And yeah, again, you have to cut it with a fork and knife. But mm. again, I think this is why I don't eat salad. It can't reach the bar. Of the Blue Bayou Disneyland with watching the boats go by and people looking at you and going, are those people special? Yes. Well, sometimes they say, are they animatronic? Because they're, we're next to the, the old man on the porch playing the banjo. And you had to sit at the table by the water. Because mm-hmm. otherwise, why are you eating at the Blue Bayou mm-hmm. if not to show people how important <laughs> That's right. This is me being better than you eating my $25 cob salad. Or, I mean, wedge salad. Oh, wedge, wedge salad. salad. I can't even imagine how much the cob salad would be. I don't think it was ever an option. Mm-mm-mm. Now we just get our delicious cheeseburgers and we eat by the castle. Mm-hmm. Or if it's a little chilly during the winter time, I enjoy the giant bread bowl soup. Clam chowder. 
is an excellent presentation of having steaming hot soup in a bowl that you will consume. I like massive amounts of bread. <laughs> so good. <sighs> but if you're going to go to a cookout, um, I feel as though you need to let people know, if you're hosting, you need to let them know what they're bringing. Yeah, don't leave so, it up to chance. No, just say... Hey guys, I need a salad, a pasta salad, a noodle salad, potato salad. How is a pasta salad different than a noodle salad? I don't know. So I've heard it referred to as <coughs> noodle salad, potato salad, pasta salad. I think it depends on where you're from. Yeah. Some people might bring a fruit salad. Mm. A veggie salad. I've seen it with green beans and corn and bell peppers. That's a very southern, I feel like. Mm. Um, but know your audience. Know, know who you're... Because bring something that you and... Not, not only you will enjoy, <laughs> but others as well. Unless you bring something only that you like and you're going to take it home later. Mm -hmm. Which, why wouldn't you just make it for yourself? And then you wouldn't have people breathing on it to take it home. But I, I feel as though if you're going to make something, uh, make it presentable. Make it delicious, full of flavor. Well, I'm sure everyone tries to do that. You think someone's <sighs> trying to make something that doesn't taste good? No, I think there's times where people don't try. They're like, yeah. <laughs> and if you're, if you're not interested. Then just bring the cups. I say go to Smart and Final and get the giant tub of something. Bring the ice. Someone always has to bring ice and just when you think that you have enough get another bag yeah just be a phoebe and be in charge of cups and ice ice is not just for the drinks ice is also to keep things cold mm -hmm. and I, I think that people forget about that because not everybody has a giant refrigerator or multiple coolers and i think that's important as mm -hmm. well now i have tried my best say if i know i'm going to my friend's house or super bowl or an event or a party i do my best to try and plan ahead and i go and i buy what i think people will like or what i would like it always happens that i'm like oh i'm gonna forget it if i put it in the fridge and i've done that a lot where i bought it i put it in the fridge so it's cooled it's chilled it's ready to go take it out of the fridge take it to my friend's house so it's ready to go nine times out of ten i forget it in the dang fridge yeah. so now i've gotten in the habit where yes i planned ahead and bought it but i've left it in the car and then i bring it to the house and it's not cool and it's not cool in both sense of the word of like it's not chilled and then it's also not cool because it's like oh thanks for bringing warm beverages that we can't enjoy it and then once the party's over now it's ready um <laughs> but i think a good rule of thumb and as much as it sucks is on your way to said event stop by the store and go in the refrigerated section and then purchase it and then carry on your way because then you're buying what's there and it's already chilled and ready to go mm. and you're in route so you're not gonna forget it mm. and then buy some ice Mm -hmm. Oh, even if they don't ask, you could be the hero of the party because people might not realize they're out of ice until they 
see you arrive at the door with a bag of ice. And they're like, oh my gosh, thanks for, oh, more ice, yay. <laughs> you can never have too much ice. <laughs> Cookouts on ice. One night only. I, I, I'm more of a, if I'm going to be doing a cookout, you got the daytime ones, like on the weekend with your friends, or nighttime event. That's not really a cookout. It's more like, let bring over some appies, appetizers, tapas. Oh, gosh. So another thing I saw in a, a cooking show and I related it later to someone, and they looked like I was insane. And I go, I saw it on the TV! And this woman was making appetizers, and she called them tapas, an agreed upon term that we all know are appetizers. And she claimed that she knew the origin of the word tapas. And she said it was either in Italy or Spain, I don't remember which one she said. Sorry. And she said that a tavern there would, you know, obviously be selling and serving alcoholic beverages. And people would get really drunk. And so the government told them that if you serve drinks, you have to serve food as well as part of the, even if they don't order it, it's part included in the price that they get little snackies. And she says that the reason they're called tapas is because they would get served the drinks in goblets and a little plate would cover the top of the goblet and the little plate would have bite-sized food. And they would go on top of the goblet on top tapas that's why they're called tapas and so I saw that and I was like oh okay and I related that story to someone and they go you are insane there's no possible way on tapas on tapas tapas no way that is true so I don't know you guys be the judge for yourself did the Earl of Sandwich in fact invent sandwiches well he didn't want to get his fingers dirty while playing cards so he said put some bread around it that's the story i have seen a lot especially at like the fair the county fair where you get a drink and there's a little kind of upside down slurpy top where they put the food in the cup and the straw comes mm-hmm. out the middle mm-hmm. it's also at ballparks too i think it's very convenient because you only you have one hand to cheer the other hand, you're holding your drink and the snack in one. It's like a little tower. I think it's very convenient, and why not? I think that that should be more widespread. I have enjoyed that on numerous occasions at the ballpark. It's great. Ice cream and helmet. So one thing that I really look forward to <laughs> when I go back to the ballpark is ice cream in a tiny helmet. I do realize I could have ice cream now while I'm at home at any time. But I feel as though that will be the symbol of when sports come back. When I go to a game, I will have my ice cream in a tiny helmet. I will have my souvenir cup. And 
for you San Diego Padre fans out there, the garlic fries. Yeah, garlic fries are amazing. So good. And there's only one place in the ballpark you can get it. And mm. there's always a line that's like, I will use a baseball reference. You have to wait in line for an entire inning. Jeez. But it is worth it. And you should get two, two orders because one you're going to eat and consume while walking back to your seat. And then you need to have a second helping for when you're sitting in your seat enjoying the game. Because it's one, two, two three strikes, you're out at the old ball game. I'll wait for your applause. Seventh inning stretch. Well, this has been our ninth stretch of yammering into the darkness. A podcast that we call... I'm not complaining. I'm just asking. <laughs>